Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back to the Lynx Golf Podcast. This is digital editor Al Lunsford with Lynx. Coming to you with some exciting news this week and someone who can give us a little bit more information about that from Dream Golf, who, who oversees Band and Dunes and Sand Valley and, and the Cabot properties in Canada. Specifically, we're going to talk about Band and Dunes. We're going to touch some of the other properties as well. But uh, this week, Bandon announced it would be hosting 13 more USGA championships. You may remember seeing it host the U.S. Amateur last year. Uh, but 13 more are coming over the next 25 years, effectively making Bandon the home of amateur golf. Now, Chris Kaiser is joining me today. He's a partner of Dream Golf, and you recognize his last name. He's the son of Mike Kaiser. Chris, are you going to try to trademark home of amateur golf? Is that something you guys want to do? Because I feel like that has a great <laughs> ring to it. That that's a great question, um, and and the news is is so fresh. I at least haven't yet searched to see if that's been trademarked. But uh, you're right. Maybe we should get on it. I think that's probably in due order. There's certainly some good merch you could get out of that. But just what exactly does uh, this announcement mean for for Bandon Dunes in terms of of building and becoming this huge partner of the USGA? Yeah. Well. You know, first off, thank you for having me on the show. I, I really appreciate the opportunity and I'm, I'm super excited. Um, thanks so highly of, of you and the podcast and the publication. Um, it's a big announcement. As you said, 13 events that, that Bandon Dunes as a resort will host over 25 years. It, it's really a dream come true. You know, my, my dad, who grew up caddying in East Aurora outside of Buffalo, New York, uh, then aspired to you know, build golf courses and obviously opened and grew and built Bandon Dunes. He, he always spoke with our family, my brother and I in particular, about the U.S. Amateur as what, what he considered to be a fifth major. Um, and, and so once Bandon Dunes became a reality and it opened in 99, I, I think he had that dream. And last year, you know, roughly 20 years after opening Bandon Dunes, so 25, six, seven plus years after he, he dreamed it up, we were able to host it through COVID and all. So now to be here, wow, you know, that, that was really a major dream of his and, and ours to announce two more USAMs, the Walker Cup, two U.S. women's amateurs, the Curtis Cup, two U.S. junior amateurs, two U.S. girls juniors, the U.S. Am four ball and U.S. women's Am four ball. It, it, it's a long list. Any one of those would be incredibly exciting to us. So to be at this point, um, we're, we're really just wowed and, and grateful and, and can't wait to host those events. Yeah. And a lot of those will actually be occurring in the same year. Um, I, I think I read somewhere an, an idea your dad may have is to, to have some of these events going on at least at the same time um, with yeah. girls and boys playing at the same time, which would be fascinating and very a very cool little uh thing we haven't really seen in the game before and like you said it just started with the idea of like maybe we'll host one of these one day and now all of a sudden you've got 13 
slated uh, <laughs> coming up here. So, so very exciting. Um, what has it been like for you to see this thing grow and from the very beginning uh, all the way back in the 90s up until now? And, and you couldn't have been that old when that was starting up. Did, did you feel like you yourself could visualize everything that's happened or, or some of it at least? Um, I, I, I think that was kind of a, a, a gradient that got me up to speed to where I am today being 33 years old. So when Bandon Dunes opened in 1999, I was a 10 or 11 year old running around the first tee with the Snickers and a Coke. And I knew this was a big deal. My dad had worked on it for years, but I was 10. So I, I couldn't possibly, or at least I didn't quite realize what that meant to my dad, the amount of work it took uh, for him and a team. Um, previous to that, our family would make uh, scouting trips to the Oregon coast. I think we all saw it, or at least I did as a five to 10 year old as, Hey, this is a great family vacation. We'll go hiking or on the beach. Little did I know at least that my dad was searching actively for the site that eventually would be um, Bandon Dunes. So that was 1999. Uh, here I am 33. I, I got involved in the business in 2013. So I, I convinced my dad after two years teaching in Chicago at an all boys Jesuit school, uh, I wanted to mix things up and I convinced my dad to let me take over the online store because I thought we could do better. Uh, it's right when, you know, Shopify and a bunch of other e-commerce platforms came out. And in the first season, really the holiday season was able to triple sales, which felt great. And um, that convinced me, hey, maybe there's something here. So I started a company called Vanguard Pro Shop and offered those services, e-commerce services to other private clubs and destination resorts. And, and that was a great introduction to just the world of golf at large, you know, meeting with golf professionals and general managers. One of our first clients was Congressional. We brought on Wingfoot early, early on. So pretty amazing way to see the country, see these great golf places and, and meet really the, the heart and soul of, of golf with golf professionals. Um, Later, as Sand Valley was looking to become a reality in 2015, um, I decided it, it was an opportunity I couldn't pass up working with my brother, my dad. My brother and I had always dreamed of, I think, one day doing what my dad did and, and following in his footsteps. And so at that time, my brother was already fully in, jumped into the, into the business and um, had been working to grow Sand Valley and Bannon Dunes and our other properties ever since. I want to back up to something you said earlier Um as you talked about the progression of your career uh, and, and starting out on the merchandise side, what kind of ideas were, were brought to the, the fold in that led to, you know, tripling sales numbers and, and what are some things now that are a big focus? Because I know, you know, everyone's obsessed with getting merch from all these different places. Um, mm -hmm. what, what are those things that, you know, behind the scenes, get people um, or, or ideas that, you know, will, will click with a consumer, I guess. Uh, great question. Well, you know, our, our team now I think is doing it better, um, far better than, than I, and maybe we were back in 2013. I, I think at that time it really took somebody um, to give it the attention and energy it deserved. Uh, there's a lot, there was a lot going on at the resort at the time. And online, you know, e-commerce 
services were clunky, they were difficult to use. And so it kind of became like the, uh, the graveyard of our, of our retail program, right? It didn't sell, eh, put it on the online store. So I worked hard to flip that. Like I mentioned, Shopify, which is just an amazing um, you know, software as a, as a service program, made our lives way easier and, and working every day to see what it was that people wanted. Um, working on dropship programs, bringing in custom product. So there was a lot of low-hanging fruit at the time. And we also launched uh, our brand new coffee table book. So, you know, that was a, a small thing, but it, it got my foot in the door. It gave me a reason to visit Bandon Dunes, get to know the team, get to know the business, business in general. Um, and it was a great, you know, kind of first step in the right direction, I think. Yeah, I, I would imagine a lot of that, you know, it used to be where you would have to visit a place in order to get any merchandise from it. So that the introduction of Shopify and just online shopping kind of opened up the pro shop. Absolutely. hundred percent. Yeah. And, and that's what made me think, okay, there's something more and why I want to start my own company. And, and it's been fun to watch that space ever, ever since just continue yeah. to grow. How big of a golfer are you? Have you gone, are you, are you still just going to Bandon just to have camping trips or are you playing when you go there now? Uh, great question. You know, so I, <laughs> Grew up playing golf. I hit my first golf ball at the age of three. Uh, have fond memories playing the Dunes Club with my brother and dad and family. Uh, played in high school. So I, I love golf. I <laughs> maybe more often than not don't get in a full uh, round of 18 when I visit Bandon Dunes because there's just, you know, so many meetings and people to check in with. Um, so it's always a shame when I can't get in a full round, but I always try to at least see one of the courses, quick nine, see the golf courses and you know, really that's our primary product, obviously. So I want to check in and make sure everything's going well. So what is the, your favorite nine holes at Bandon Dunes? Favorite nine holes? Yeah. So if you have to go out and you can only play nine, you said, uh, where do you, where are you going to say, or I don't oh, even know goodness. if back nine's an option at, at several of those because they're not, not all of them are, you know, returned to the clubhouse at the turn. But yeah, yeah. What's your, your go, go to nine holes? So typically, just based on avail availability, I'll go off the front night at Bandon late afternoon because most people are already you know far out on the course. Um, if I had my choice, it might be either the probably the the back nine on on Bandon late afternoon. Squeeze it in. Uh, dramatic holes along the uh, along the coast, sixteen in particular. So I, th I think that would be my go-to nine. Is an ideal trip for you to Bandon Dunes one that you can play every single course when you go, or is it, you know, maybe play two or three and then leave yourself wanting to come back to play the others? Good question. Yeah, if, if I were planning a a golf trip or a buddy's trip. I think there's, there's no wrong answer. And one of the things we love hearing is when people debate, you know, which course is better that um, we love that. Cause it means there isn't one outlier that's better or worse than the other. So there's no wrong combination. I would certainly want to play every course if I could coming all the way from Chicago. And, and I kind of think of it as locking in a few anchors of the trip, like, okay, where do we want to start? I love a PM round at Bandon Dunes. You get the sunset on those dramatic coastal holes, like I mentioned. Um, I think preserve if you can play pretty much un until it's dark. And I've done that before. 
is fantastic. And Old Mac, just because it's open to the wind, you could squeeze that in in the morning um, before it gets too windy. I, I was lucky enough to be able to do that in May with Tom Doak and his associate, Eric Iverson, and watch them play the course with no wind. It was so much fun to watch because they built the course. They, they know it intimately. And on that day, they were hitting every shot. So that's how I think of it. You know, start with a few anchors and then fill in from there. I know that was a popular thing for me to, to rank them after seeing every single one. And um, one thing I tried to do too was also try to rank, you know, my favorite hole or, or even nail it down to a particular shot. Do you have like one hole on the entire property or even one single shot on the entire property that is your absolute favorite? Um, it, it's tough, but since you asked, I'll do my best to just, just I'll give, give you, you mine one. too. I'll give you mine. Okay, good. You want me to go first? <laughs> you go first and then I'll give you mine. Yeah. Okay. So sheep branch, sheep branch is new, right? So it, it's exciting. I'm getting to know it. Everybody's getting to know it. The sixth hole, uh, to me, that tee shot is one of my favorite shots on property today. I'll say favorite because, the coastline that you you play along on the rest of the resort, Pacific or Bandon, you play in a, in a straight line. So you tee off directly towards or maybe away um, from the hole here because of a uh, five mile point that stretches out into the, into the water, you get this diagonal cover and you get to decide, you know, how ambitious do I want to be? Uh, how much of that, uh, of that drive do you want to cut off? Do you want to play it safe? So it's just a fun, heroic shot. Um, so right now, that's probably my favorite shot. My favorite hole would have to be Pacific 13 or Bandon 16. Just given you're on the coast, great par fours, and visually, I, I think just, you know, really stunning. Bandon 16 was on my either, you know, because I you always have like, it's either this one or this one. And, and yeah, Bandon 16 was one of mine. That sixth hole, for those who haven't seen it uh, or played it, is almost like if you were to take for a more familiar example, if you were to take like eight at pebble, the approach shot, but then make that your shot off the tee. I, it's, I kind of compare it to that almost in terms of just being a right. complete, you can play hero ball as much as you want, or you have all this room to the left. If you don't feel like being able to go for everything, you're only on your sixth hole of the day, of course, but um, one at Sheep Ranch for me was the other hole that I just loved and we played it at sunrise. So it was just the, the color scape out there going first off and, and playing that, that new course was so, so cool. Maybe a unpopular pick for my favorite shot. Uh, I picked, I really like some of the shots off the tee at old Mac. And I love three. Like I love playing towards that ghost tree. Yeah. Because, and having not played it before, uh, I know a lot of people may be thrown off by like not having any idea where your ball is going to end up, but that kind of is thrilling to me, just throwing it out there and then we'll run up and see where it is. Um, I mean, that, that happens several times at old Mac. And if you're, playing to the left on 16 the alps hole where you've got a blind approach into that green yeah um i just love blind approaches and that's that's not something for everybody but 
I just kind of love the un- unpredictability of the entire thing. I, I, I totally agree. Yeah. The, the mystery of it all. And I think with old Mac third hole, like you mentioned, one, you've got the ghost, tree, which gets people's attention. Whoa, I've never seen a tree like that. How cool. And then you're wondering where you're hitting it. You rise up above on top and whoa, the whole course kind of hits you. Ocean views hit you. It, it's pretty big. Wow. Moment. You're not quite at like the seventh green on the water, but Oh, I, I didn't expect that. So it's a fun aha moment. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, hopefully a lot of people will be able to see at least some of these again. Once you get the amateur and the women's amateur out there, we'll be back on on TV again. Maybe there will be even more opportunities for viewing in the future of the way things are so easily able to be streamed nowadays. Um, But I I know you work a lot uh, with all three Dream Golf properties. And I lobbed this question to you beforehand, so maybe you thought a little bit about it, but if you were going to describe each of the three properties, Bandon, Sand Valley, and Cabot, to someone who has neither seen nor heard of it before, your your elevator speech for each property, um, do, do you have a quick one or two sentences about each that encompasses everything? That's got to be difficult. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's, it, it's a great question. It, it's a tough answer. Um, I, I think what connects them all is pure links golf or in the case of sand valley let's call it inland links so they're sand-based sites in the case of bandon and cabot they're on the ocean and my dad his partners and now my brother and i have focused on hiring world's best architects to bring them to life so so that's where it starts for us is the site which is sand-based on the ocean from there, the entire focus is on golf. So from the moment you arrive, you park your car, you, you put down your keys, you don't have to touch your keys or think about anything besides your experience until you leave, right? We, we've got a shuttle system in place to take you anywhere you want to go. At Bandon and Sand Valley, we have free coffee in the morning, quick breakfast. We know, know that you wake up, you want to fuel up, hit the tee. So everything we do is geared towards golf. And then I think what makes them different is that they there are three very unique parts of the world. And we really try to uncover and embrace that sense of place that is unique to each one of them. Um, and I think we've done that. We always try to do that. Cabot is, is maybe even a little bit more unique in the fact that it's, it's really part of the town of Inverness. And that's a little more of a throwback to like the, the classic, links courses overseas, you know, think of Bally Bunny and it just kind of flows out from the town. Um, so that's something unique to Cabot. And, and that's awesome because you get to experience, um, you know, these great local experiences and same goes for Sand Valley and Bandon, but I guess that's how I would compare them, what connects them and, and what makes them a little bit unique from each other. Do you know that coming in, like for instance, Cabot 
is comparable to Bally Bunyan. Do you do you get that sense before those properties are are built up and become what they are today? Is that something you've seen or experienced in the past? Going to to Ireland, going going to other uh, linksy style places, and and just directly being able to look at a site and say, you know what, this is a lot like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're we're always trying to you know, collect inspiration. And, and before my dad built Bannon Dunes, part of what got him excited and interested were some of his trips he made to Scotland and Ireland and went overseas with friends before he even dreamt up Bannon Dunes. Then he would do active research, you know, going over there with architects, with Tom Doak, with David Kidd, looking for inspiration. And, and I think, I think he knew how important that would be if my brother and I were ever to choose to get into the business, which we now have. But growing up, we were able to, you know, go overseas, see those great courses. And so absolutely, you know, we'll, we'll be touring a, a potential site and, oh, look at those dunes. Doesn't that remind you of Valley Bunyan or oh, that, that kind of has a Sand Hills feel, doesn't it? So there's kind of a, you know, a library of, of inspiration points that you're always hoping to achieve because the ones I just mentioned are, are so great. Yeah. I know you... Uh, started you and Michael have been very involved with Sand Valley, which has evolved into something. You know, I feel like there's way more to do there in terms of off golf than than at Bandon. Just the the evolution of Sand Valley. How how have you seen that turn from let's put Lynx Golf in the middle of Wisconsin into today where you have grass tennis and you have all these winter activities how how's the evolution of that place just kind of materialized over time yeah it, it's been an incredible experience you know my brother and i both had experience in the golf space um before sand valley but but really this is the first time being all in and in this case leading the project so my brother in 2013 moved up to wisconsin he's been leading the project ever since and and i i'm his partner been there every step of the way so from that perspective, it, it's been a ton of fun. Um, in five years, we've opened Sand Valley, Mammoth Dunes, the Sandbox, and now we're working on uh, the Lido. So, you know, initially when we heard of the site, we made a site visit. We said, middle of Wisconsin, you know, you're four hours from Chicago, four from Minneapolis, two and a half from, um, from Milwaukee. This feels remote. And, and now, even before COVID, but with COVID in particular, it's an easy drive from 40 or 50 million people in the Midwest. And, and that's been a huge you know, strength of ours that we've been able to kind of play off of. Um, so it, it's, it's, it's been the fastest trajectory of growth we've had at any property. And I think that's in part because we learned from, from my dad at Bandon and then in Cabot, you know, one course is a curiosity two is a destination. And luckily the demand has been there to continue to grow. Um, and we hope, we hope that continues so that we can keep, keep building great golf experiences. Exactly. So what, what does the Lido then bring if you're talking about needing a one and then two courses before you can really, uh, consider yourself a golf destination? What is now this private course, but also, you know, anyone who goes to Sand Valley can play it. What kind of wrinkle does that introduce into the fold? You know, I, I think from what we've sensed from people that we've talked to or, or who have heard about the project, read about the project, there's this really 
cool sense of excitement. You know, what's the Lido? Tell me about that. Um, because it doesn't just fit right into our resort public golf mold, even though we will be open to the public, as you mentioned. So it has that excitement. It's going to be our fourth golf course. Uh, it'll be our third 18 hole course. What's incredibly unique, obviously, is bringing a course back to life, something that my dad had wanted to do for years. And now we've had the opportunity um, to do it. And, and really, probably most impactful for us is taking a CB McDonald uh, work of art and, and bringing it back to life and allowing the public through our resort guests um, to play it. So it, it's something that's totally unique for us at, at Sand Valley. We always want the next course to be different and unique from what came before it. If you go back to that Band of Dunes conversation, we love that people you know debate which is better and how different they are. So Lido checks all those boxes. And again, bringing a CB McDonald uh, work of art back to life is just incredibly exciting for us. I know that that's, is that 2023, everything's still on pace for that? Yes. Yes. Things are, things are going great. I was just on property on Tuesday. So we've got grass growing on four holes now, um, four greens seeded with grass growing. And by the point your listeners listen to this, that may be an outdated statement. So <laughs> we're, we're moving quickly this summer and, and uh, next summer we'll preview play in 2023 will be fully open. Very good. Uh, in terms of, of other news, there's also been reports circling that Bandon going back there could be adding uh, a sixth 18 hole course. This, this time would be south of the property seen somewhere in the range of seven miles south of town and it would be a public course called new river dunes uh again this is all things that I've, I've read online so i don't know how much you can confirm of that but uh is is there something in the works there about a, a new course in development yeah there is and, and for those who you know follow closely what maybe my dad has said you could say shame on us um you know we, we the cheap ranch would be the last course. And I think when my dad and we said it, we meant it. Um, we truly thought that opening sheep branch would likely cannibalize from our other courses. And we, we feel super excited and fortunate that that hasn't been the case. Um, whether it's the sheep branch, the coverage from the U S amateur, the COVID bump that's happened across golf or all of the above, um, you know, the, the rising tide with sheep branches lifted all ships. So that's what really led us to say, okay, you know, this isn't cannibalizing demand from other courses. There's more demand out there. Um, what could we do next? So we went back to uh, the project portfolio on formerly Bandon Muni um, and are, are working with uh, David Kidd to bring that back to life in a different sense. The, the Muni, which we were working on five, six, seven, eight years ago, the whole idea was that we would have 27 holes and on any given day, the 18 hole or two nine combination would rotate. And that third nine would be open for local community members, kids who wanted to play golf. In order to get to 27, we needed a land trade with the BLM, a, a federal bureau. So that proved to be too onerous and we abandoned it. But when we went back to again, the file, uh, we have enough land to build 18 holes. And so that's what we're exploring right now with the help of, of David Kidd. Um, it, it's an amazing site. It is south of town. 
you're not right on the ocean, though you'll get some ocean views, but you know, the sand dunes, as you walk around, you and I, you know, we're not golf architects, but we love golf. We'd say, oh, there's a hole, you know, there's a green, that could be a gnarly bunker. So it's primed and ready for a golf course. Well, that sounds very exciting and and we'll see how that develops. I'm sure there will be people all over the reports as that thing progresses on. Um, when I talked to your dad in, this was January, February of this year, he had mentioned that um, in terms of looking for new sites that that you and Michael had, had been very active in, in looking at different places and maybe uh, there could be some potential future projects that in other areas of the country. Um, he mentioned maybe Texas, Colorado, and, and Georgia. Do you know of any other sites that could potentially be somewhere where you look in the future to build? Um, those three you mentioned are, are all kind of current. There, there's another site in Florida that we're exploring. Um, so my brother, you know, these, these sites come about in, in any variety of ways. One might be through a connection or a connection once, twice, three times removed, we hear about a great site and we start to explore it. Um, the other way is just by exploring um, topographical maps. And my brother's really the, pr the pro at that by looking at a map, he can say, okay, are those dunes the right size? Are they roughly you know, far apart from each other? Or is it too extreme? Um, so we start with, can this be a great golf site? And it has to check that box before we take any further steps. If it does check that box, then, you know, we go one by one, step by step down that list. So we're, we're somewhere on that spectrum for all those projects you listed. Unfortunately, the, the hit rate for any potential project is low. Most of them don't pan out for one reason or another, but we're, we're certainly really excited. And in the case of those three or four, um, optimistic that they'll, hopefully come to life someday soon. Gotcha. Is that something that would be in the dream golf umbrella as well? Or is that individual of that? Um, we approach each project individually. I, I think for the projects that you mentioned, uh, the goal would be that they would, they would fall under the dream golf umbrella. And really, if we were to ask ourselves, okay, what does success look like five years down the line for any project? It would be a destination public golf resort with multiple golf courses, you know, similar to what you might see at a, a sand valley or abandoned dunes or a cabin. Gotcha. Last couple of things for me in, in terms of uh, amenities at your, your different resorts. Um, what do you think are some of the underrated things that whether it be at Bandon or, or sand valley or, or Cabot, um, an underrated amenity or aspect that, these properties bring to the table that you wouldn't necessarily think of. I know you talked about how convenient, like the transportation was, for instance, uh, once you're on site, you, mm -hmm. you can just shuttle around everywhere. Um, what are some other things that stick out in your mind that were ideas that people just really love and you hear good feedback about? That's an excellent question. Um, you know, in terms of an underrated amenity at Bannon, I think I'd say the, the labyrinth um, because it's not on everybody's radar. It's not a golf course. It's not a restaurant. It doesn't fall into what you have to do when you're there. Um, but if you take the time, it, it's, it's pretty special walking that labyrinth, which was a monument to my dad's 
partner and uh, co-founder in Band and Dunes, Howard McKee. Um, so the, the labyrinth is pretty special at Band and Dunes. Um, at Sand Valley, you know, I think I'd say any number of those non-golf activities, whether it's grass tennis uh, or fat tire biking, or in the winter, something we just did with our family, um, ice skating on any one of the frozen ponds, you know, feet away from a, a nice cottage uh, with a, a drink or a, a hot cocoa is pretty special. Um, so I'm focusing on the non-golf non elements, I guess. And then at Cabot, you know, different parts of the Cabot Trail and places like the Red Shoe Pub, where you'll see world-class fiddlers and you can sip a scotch or whiskey if that's your thing. Again, kind of not part of that 36 hole a day itinerary, but if you can do it, pretty darn special. Yeah. And a big emphasis, obviously all these places are walking only. Um, I know a big emphasis has been placed at least at the two properties in the U.S. on, on having young caddies that uh, become Evans scholars. What does what the Evans scholar program uh, mean? And, and what does it mean to have a bunch of those uh, young, I guess, leaders in the industry that will then propel and, and, and be a very good representation of your resort uh, moving into their different collegiate programs? Yeah, it, it is so much fun spending time with with our junior caddies, not only those who end up receiving an Evans scholarship, but just junior caddies in general at Sand Valley or, or Bandon or even Cabot. Um, they're, they're so earnest and hardworking and I'm struck by how mature they are. Um, and, and so we're, we're really proud at, at this point in time, we've had over 50 junior caddies earn the Evans scholarship between Bandon Dunes and Sand Valley combined. Um, you know, our, our family, really, really cares a lot about those kids and, and education in general. I used to be a teacher. My sister's a teacher. And when you've, you've got good kids who work extremely hard and really just need an opportunity, when you see them earn that opportunity, uh, it's obviously really, really rewarding. So all the credit goes to them, but it's, it's so fun and infectious to be around these, these young kids who are dreaming big. Where's the next place you're, you're going to be playing your golf? Is it one of these properties or are you going to be playing some elsewhere? Uh, my next round of golf hopefully will be sometime in the next few days. I'm in the new Buffalo area. So the dunes club, the nine hole private course that my dad founded in the early nineties. Um, our, our family spends a lot of time there because it's very close to where we uh, hang out in the summer. So I'm hoping I can report back in the next few days at the dunes club. What does that place in particular mean to you? And that's, that's my last question to you. I know that that's kind of where it all began, right? Yeah, it's, um, well, it means a lot to me, maybe in different ways, you know, personally growing up, getting to know the game there with, uh, again, a Snickers, a Gatorade, hitting golf balls, going fishing. I think my dad and our family just tried to keep it fun and it always was, um, so personally, it, it just holds a, a pretty special place in, in my heart. But looking at my dad's professional trajectory and now with my brother and I um, firmly in the business, um, it, it's pretty amazing that he took that, that leap. I think it's easy to think of everything that's happened as a foregone conclusion. But at any given time, it was a big risk and a big leap and a big dream and pretty cool that it all started uh, at the Dunes Club trying to create 
you know, a Pine Valley or Pine Valley-esque course of the Midwest. So um, I guess it's what started this whole journey. Well, one more thing out of pure curiosity. I know you've mentioned Snickers and Gatorade several times. What flavor of Gatorade are you going with out there at the turn? I'm, I'm an orange Gatorade guy. I'll, I'll go with anything, but when I'm choosing, I go orange. Wow. Okay. All right. <laughs> that is the inside scoop. Are, are you judging me for that one? No, I, I, I love orange. I love orange. Got no problems with that, but um, I've always, <laughs> always been a, a Riptide Rush or a Glacier Freeze guy myself. So, oh wow! Are, okay, you're talking. Rare. You're talking special flavors. You don't um, really see those. Yeah, wow. At the course, that often <laughs> it's usually more of just a, a red, yellow, orange, and maybe a grape in there sometimes. And if that's the case, I, I I'm a yellow freeze. Guy. Yeah, glacial freeze. If, if we're if we're really getting into it, yeah, I'm I'm with you. Wow. <laughs> Otherwise, but, orange. The more you know, the more you know. Well, I appreciate everything uh, from this conversation. It's been great to talk to you and how exciting of a time it is for for Dream Golf and it's going to be for the next 25 years, probably the next 200, 300 years, if I could guess that far in the future, once your your kids get into business too. So everything's good. And and thanks again for, for breaking it all well, down. Thank you, Al. No, this has been a blast. All right. Well, we'll talk again soon, I'm sure. Um, enjoy your round at the Dunes Club. Yeah, thanks so much, y'all. Yeah, I really appreciate it.